do you approach it, and how would you advise men and women who move into driveway to approach it? I would approach it this way. So you know where you're going, you know your pickup, you know your drop-off. I can say, you lose money when you plan late. During driveway, you have to plan ahead. Welcome to Six Figure Trucker, the podcast where we share advice on how to be successful in trucking and have fun while doing so. We'll share stories, news, and advice on how to earn six figures in trucking, and we'll speak to guys and gals that are already doing so. Let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. Joining us tonight, we have a very special guest, a gentleman by the name of Eugene Isaac. Eugene, how are you? I'm doing good today. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I, you know, everything's good. Everything's peachy. It's Friday. It's been a long week. It's been a good week here at Norton Transport, and I hope everything's been great with you, Eugene. How's your week been? Oh, it's been exciting. It's been an exciting week. I cannot complain. I'll tell you something that a gentleman told me once about complaining. I was working out at a gym, and I met this guy. He was about 75, 80 years old. And he looked at me and he said, young man, how are you doing? I said, I'm doing well, can't complain. He said, let me tell you something about complaining. Half the people say you probably had it coming. The other half say they don't care. <laughs> that's a good way to look at complaining or not look at complaining. I thought that's some wisdom right there. But anyway, are you driving right now? Or are you are you uh, kicking back for the weekend? What's going on with Eugene? Oh, I'm, I'm on my rest break right now. I got a, I got a delivery uh, tomorrow. Where are you right now? I'm in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, great city, great town. Where are you? What's your uh, pickup and delivery locations? Where did you pick up and where are you going? Well, I picked up in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. So I'm headed to Dixon, California. Gotcha. What kind of truck are you driving? I have a uh, bucket truck. Okay. A huge bucket truck. Everything working out with you? It's working out pretty good so far. The big, huge truck is working out pretty good. How old is the truck? Uh, 2015. Not, well, it's got some age on it. What kind of truck is it? I mean, what model? It's the uh, Freightliner M2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, what's that? One, two, three axle. Tri-axle Freightliner M2. Yes, sir. Is this a bucket truck for a tree removal, tree chipping, that kind of thing? Yeah. Back power lines. I think they use this one for power lines because we're going to Altec. Oh, I believe it's for power lines. Yeah. Hey, how do those drive? How do they ride when you've got that weight of the bucket in the back? What's it like in the cab when you're driving those? Well, you know what? Actually, it's, it's pretty smooth just depending on the level of the truck. So the truck that I have is kind of weighed down, so it's kind of smooth. It's not too jumpy. Like when they're empty, it kind of jumps around a little bit because it's just up high in the front. Right. Because this is... uh. Well, I guess they consider them the all-terrain ones. These are the ones you see that, that are off in the desert. Oh, okay. I got you. What, yeah. What kind of tires are on that as far as an all-terrain? Well, they have the, what do they have? Uh, let me, I give you a better description. These are the Bridgestone. I got the M- you. M- MH64s. They have the all-terrain tires. They're good in the snow. All-weather tires. I got you. Now, yes. Now, you, you uh, named the city that you're going to in California. Give us that city one more time, and, and where is that in California? What part of California? It's in Dixon, California. It's like northern California. Okay. Maybe 30 minutes from Sacramento, California. Oh, that's some pretty country up there, too. 
Oh yeah. When it's not when it's not too brown and green, no, it's not. Now, if you're up north of Sacramento, I guess you're still. I, I guess you're getting close to San Jose up that way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, San Jose is not too far. I got you. Have you made many runs out to that part of California? Yeah, yeah, quite a few. I've been to, been to San Francisco. I've been to, this is my first time going to Dixon. Yeah, I've been in Northern California pretty, a few times. Gotcha. Now, as a, a beautiful drive. drive. Oh, absolutely. I mean, take it in there. I mean, have you been able to see, I guess as a driver, you probably don't get too close to A1A, or not A1A, but uh the highway that runs out by the ocean there. I guess you don't get out that way too much, do you? No, not 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 what not with the direction I go. I got you. That would be going up to 101. 101, that's all right. A1A, I think, is yeah. on the other side of the country. That's over on the East Coast. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's on the East Coast. Yeah. I did want to ask you, um, what's it like in 2022 here at the end of October driving in California? The last I checked, diesel prices on average in California were about six forty nine a gallon. Well, <laughs> that's kind of a horrible thing with the size truck that I'm driving. But it depends on how you drive. We let you how you drive your unit, right? And how you can how you can save your fuel, right? It's like me, for instance, I don't really use air conditioning, so that cuts down on the fuel. I try to stay up under at least fifteen thousand M- M- MPRs, I right. mean RPMs. Gotcha. So, so it's not to burn as much fuel because you know the closer you get to the twenty thousand, it's more fuel you burn. Right. You got to play it smart. Yeah. Yeah, in California, you got to play it tomorrow. Really, all over. It depends on. It really depends on the driver and how much you, how much profit you want to see and how much money you want to spend. When you've been out on the road, uh, you're in Albuquerque now. You left from what was it, Fort Worth? Yes. Yeah. So you've been on the road for a good ways there. What's that M2? What kind of mileage are you getting out of that truck? That bucket truck? Uh, with the year, the fuel mileage on it is not too great. But it's averaging, it's averaging maybe a few hundred miles per full tank. I've only filled up maybe three times so far. So I got it, you for the size for the size truck, and the price of the diesel here is is fine so far. I'm gonna guess, but you you put me right on the back on the road if we're wrong. But uh, I'm gonna guess that bucket truck an M2. You're looking at about six to eight miles to the gallon, give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe six, about six, six and a half, maybe. You just, like I said, it depends on the heels, the the incline, and like you said, the weight of the truck. I guess that's geared pretty low in that all-terrain tire. That, yeah, that, that now, that's the only problem. Going up the hill, it'll, it'll gear itself up to take the RPMs up higher for the climbs. I got gotcha. you. Well, you obviously seems like you were striking it or attacking it with a smart philosophy, smart strategy there about uh, keeping the RPMs down and the speed down. You get there when you get there, and that's the way you do it because you got to manage that fuel. Exactly. But with these, with these M2s, with the bucket truck M2s, with the dual axle in the rear, the, the fuel tank is smaller. I got you. So you really have to, you really have to pace yourself with that as well. It'll, it'll burn through the fuel real quick. And my my suggestion would be, I myself personally, I get out, take my fluids with that, and somewhat, I'm somewhat of a mechanical with it, so 
I try to stay out of mechanical danger as much as I can. I got you. I, got I try you. to get the most out of it. Now, when you're out driving with a truck like that, how many, I mean, let's see, uh, we, we've already established where you started, where you're delivering. How many, I mean, have you already looked at, mapped out how many fill-ups you expect to happen, or do you just play it as you go? Well, with these, you have to somewhat, somewhat you can map it out, but when you get to California, it's really hard to tell as far as the fuel with the different prices, different areas. Gotcha. Because as you go through, like, if I'm going through Southern California. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell with that, depending on the cost of the fuel. I know the fuel, like, in the Los Angeles area is well over $7, 6 to $7 there. That's a shot in the gut right there. Yeah. And with the weight of this truck and having to climb, so I'm probably going to end up going across the desert, across the 58, where it'll stay kind of flat. Right. So I'll probably end up going that way, try to stay out of that part of California and just go go through Bakersfield Way. I got you. It's what, I, it's what I'm going to do. Are you going to drive any tonight? Uh, you said you're on your rest. Are, are you uh, about to call it a night? Uh, let's see. We're I'm on the East Coast time here. So I guess out there you're looking at about, what is it, about 5 o'clock where you are? It's about, uh, it's going to be 5 o'clock now. Okay. You're gonna... So it's about 8, about 8 where you're at. Yeah, yeah. You're going to drive. You're going to keep driving for the night or are you going to call it an evening? I don't know. I'll stop, I'll stop around 7.30, 8 o'clock. I still, have, I still have a few miles to go. It's 7.30, 8 o'clock. If you're in Albuquerque heading west, that's going to put you about where? That should put me about uh, right at the end, maybe at the end of Gallup. I could just defend. I got you. Have you already got reservations for the night, or how do you play that? Do you do it by when you run out of the time that you can drive, when you meet your legal limit, or do you do it on a prescribed plan where you're like, I'm going to go to this place, this is where I'm staying, I like to stay at these certain types of hotels? Yes. That's how, uh, usually, I'll map it out between the hours of the day where I want to be. I got you. So, so depending, like, I want to be in Gallup, so I know I have enough time to get there. So I'll, I'll already have either a hotel book, something like that sometimes. Have you got one book for this evening? I don't know, Ted. I'm finished. That's what I was going to get on. It's almost time to get on doing that. I got you. The, the best time to do it is when it gets closer to the evening. Mm-hmm. That's, that's also, again, that's a, that's a cost-efficient thing. As it gets closer to the evening. In these areas, rooms tend to get a little cheaper as it as it gets a little later because the prices go down when they don't have when they're not full. Yeah, when they're vacant, it's good for Eugene. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what we like to hear. Good for Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that should be good for all drivers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, across the board. Now, when you when you look at staying in a hotel. And depending upon where you're going, do you set a budget for yourself? How do you approach that? Oh, yeah, I set a budget. I set a budget how much I'm going to spend, you know, where I would like to spend. But, you know, it it, it, varies, it varies at times of the year. So that's, the, that's sometimes the cost-effective part. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. So it all just, it all just depends, like I said. If you set your boundaries to a certain area where you want to be, then you can book it like me. If I know I'm going to take a trip, I book, I, you know, I book everything days in advance. Right. As far as travel, home, 
and everything like that. If I go home, if I go, if I get another load, all that's already, I already have it planned out. Have you got something? That's coming? how you save money as well. Absolutely. You know, we're we're in the money to make money and save money. I mean, we're in the exactly. in, in the world to do that. Yep. Now, when you come out of Dixon, have you got a load coming out, or are you looking for one now? Are you because you're still what a couple days away from delivery? Oh yeah, I'm about because I still have tomorrow. So I have tomorrow. I have Saturday. I mean, it depends on it depends on what's on the load board, and if it's you know pretty close. Like I said, I already have, I already have my my uh, travel home. But if I have a load, I can always I can always refund it or change it to something different. Gotcha. Now speaking that's about the, that's the good thing. The traveling home that is uh, Charlotte. Is that right? Yes. Tell us about Charlotte. How long have you lived there, and what what kind of town is it? Oh, Charlotte's beautiful. I love it. We me and my wife moved there. Maybe it's our second year living out there. We moved from California after the pandemic was over. Gotcha. Now, what part of California did you live in? Uh, Southern California, Upland, Upland, California, by San Bernardino, California. Oh, yeah. yeah well, San yeah. Bernardino County. Yeah, I just quoted a load tonight from San Bernardino. Now, you've lived in Charlotte for a couple of years there. Now, it's help me out here. It's Is it the Queen, mm-hmm. the queen City? What's It's got something about a queen. Yeah, that's the Queen City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. It's been a long time since I've been yeah. there. Been to Charlotte. Now, are you a football fan? I'm a Raiders fan, but yes, I'm a football fan. <laughs> Get out of town. I grew up a Raiders fan. I'm still trying to follow them with Derek Carr and the company that they have there. I think, is it Josh Jacobs still running the football for them? Yeah. Gotcha. Now, I no, I grew up a Raiders fan. Eugene, I don't know how old you are, but I grew up in the back in the day with John Matuzak and Ken Stabler, Cliff Branch, Upshaw. Well, Upshaw was a little before my time, but uh, all those guys. How long have you been a Raiders fan? I've been a Raiders fan since, ooh, man, since, it's been a while. I, I used to watch I used to watch the Raiders. My grandmother used to watch them. I used to watch them. So... I just, I just like them. Who do you like this year? I mean, obviously, we, we both established we're Raiders fans, but who do you see? Yeah. We're uh, what are we about six, seven games into the season right now? But who do you see rising to the top in the NFL? I I can't really say now. I really haven't. I really haven't watched too much this year since it started because I've been I've, I've been I've been basically been out here for a look for a few days or. I get to do my thirty-two and I'm going to get in. So mm-hmm. I, just, I really haven't. I really haven't because I don't really. Now football is starting to change because there's too many rules now. And can't, they don't let the players play. I understand what you're talking. They about. don't. Yeah, they don't really. They don't really let them play anymore. <laughs> now you were talking about being on the road as often as you are. It's, it's hard to follow up with football. Now take us a little bit into the life of Eugene. From behind the wheel, not behind the wheel, but the life of Eugene when you're not in a big truck. What does Eugene do? Oh, Eugene, Eugene works on his cars. I'm more like a homebody when I get home. I like I just like to be at home. Me and my wife, we'll go hang out, you know, and just enjoy life. Cause, you know, all of our kids are grown, living their lives. We're proud of them, so we just have a lot of time. 
Well, let's let's dig into that pretty deep here. You said working on your cars. Now, do you work on them as a hobby or as a mechanic? You had mentioned you're kind of mechanically inclined. Do you save yourself money on doing the repairs yourself? Do you do it as a hobby? Kind of take us down that road. Oh, well, it's a hobby, so I have to save money. More to save money. I got you. I used to be an air conditioning, a commercial air conditioning mechanic, but the car that I took, I took in high school. I took three years in high school, and I took one, two, three years at a trade college. In mechanics or? Uh, or what? Yeah, yeah, auto mechanics. Auto mechanics, gotcha. Now, do you do the repairs on your own cars typically? Yes. Gotcha. Now, are these, the cars that you have, are they newer cars, a couple years old, or, or how do they fall in that line? Well, they're newer cars now. All the older cars we got rid of when we moved, when we moved from California. Is it harder to work on these newer cars? I would think so. Oh, my God, yeah, it is. It's harder. It takes a little longer because of the everything's made of aluminum or light metal now. Mm-hmm. So it's more it's more hard because it's more electronic. Like my wife has a 2019 Jetta. Right. I literally I literally had to go buy a whole new like brake kit just to to do the brakes on the car. <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm assuming that you probably spent a lot of time on Google on these 2019 model Volkswagen Jettas to figure out what you got to do. Well, yeah, that, and I have a, uh, ma- the manual. Right. Yeah, if you, if, I mean, if you can read the manual, you can follow it on Google, but Google doesn't really give you too much information anymore because they're trying they're kind of making the cars where you have to take them to the dealerships. Mm-hmm. So that's hard, too. I got you. For the most part, I can kind of figure it out. All I have to do is get up under there and look at it. If I can find it, I can fix it. How much does that help you as a truck driver to have that kind of mechanical oh. knowledge and insight? Oh my God, that's, that's good. That's the beautiful thing about it. That's the beautiful thing. You never, you never have a, you never have too many mechanical calls. Like I've never, I've maybe been on the side of the highway, maybe three times having to call, having to wait for a tow truck. Really, or it have been you to fix? Maybe three. Now, two at the most. Two or three times. How many times have you been able to fix the problem yourself? Ooh, uh, oh, <laughs> that's countless times. A lot of times. When when you look at that, when you've got that mechanical knowledge out there to help you, it's a tool in the tool bag, no doubt. Mm-hmm. When something goes wrong with the truck, with the truck. Where do you start? Do you have a checklist where, like, is it a regen thing? Is it a deaf thing? Where do we start, and how do you tackle the problem? I'm sure it depends upon what symptoms the problem is. Well, yeah, it, it depends on what the what the issue is. If you can read the most of these trucks, they have a they have a digital they have a digital dash, so it calls out some codes mm-hmm. that you can probably understand. I, I myself personally, I started the, I started the battery switch. Okay. Most of the trucks are equipped with battery switches. Gotcha. So you can turn the battery switch off for maybe ten. I take ten to fifteen minutes. Let the truck reset. Turn it off. Right. Or disconnect the battery if, if you know how. Right. If you, if you don't know how to do it, don't mess with it. So, you do that first. That'll sometimes it'll restart the system and you can see what it is. Mm-hmm. Regen, 
If your truck regains, the best thing I can tell you to do is keep it above 60 miles. Oh, so you're talking about a, a, a mobile regen where you're regen. That's a mobile at, regen. But right. if you do a regen sitting, if you do a regen sitting, you have to make, you just have to just let your truck idle. It'll idle by itself. Just hit the, turn the switch on, wait for it to blink, hit it one more time, and it'll start to regen frostbolts. Now, when you're doing a regen, those trucks get pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a mechanic just today, and I think he said they get that engine gets up to a four to five hundred degrees Fahrenheit. Depends on the motor. Yeah. Now like most of the Cummings motors do. Right. And I guess, you know, uh, for those who may be looking to get into the driveway trucking industry are new to it, maybe uh, kind of fresh to it. On the regen process, I guess that's, um, I don't know if it's analogous to like boiling water, getting the impurities out, but it's basically getting the bad exhaust out and the good def in. Is that how you would look at it? Well, you look at it like it's, it's emptying the bad def out of the filter. It's, it's evaporated out of the filter so the fresh def can come in. So somewhere... Somewhere along the line, something a piece of a piece of the filter maybe broke off, or it's just real dirty because you know dust can get in there. Sure, it's not supposed to, but it can. Right. And, and like I said, it, it all depends on how you drive. If you speed in the trucks, it, it's going to cause a regen as well. Now, would you say that it's comparable for people who are not? in the knowledge of diesel engines and the way they work in the big trucks. Is a regen like a reboot of a computer? Uh, you know what? It may be because the the death system has its own has its own little brain modulator, whatever it's called. I forgot what it was at this time. But how does it work? Because most most of it, the regen is it has it's electric. Right. So yeah. I would have thrown so, yeah. Sure, sure. It's clear, I mean, with your mechanical knowledge, you, you've you got a good feel behind the wheel. And speaking of behind the wheel, how long have you been driving trucks? Oh, well, I started out driving tractor trailers in 2012. So, so you, you've been in it for 10 years. I've been at it for a while. <laughs> you've crisscrossed the country, I'm sure, no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've driven from... I've driven from Florida to California. I've driven from Florida to Montana. So I've I've gone across the state to state across. What's the prettiest state you've seen? The prettiest state I've seen, I would say, I would say, that, I mean, the nicest state I liked it with all the trees and stuff would have been Everett, Washington. Okay, yeah, there's some beautiful. I like Everett, so. Washington. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Yeah, that's where I can. They had like a light snow or whatever. Not too much snow because we can't really drive in that. But <laughs> <laughs> we don't want too much snow. No, not too much. We don't want too much snow. That, that's not enough to do. That's bad for you and that's bad for us. We don't want too much snow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't need too much snow. What other kind of postcard moments have you seen? Everett was one. Virginia was one. Um, really, the most, the most, as far as city-wise, I love I love New York. Now now let me back up just a second here. You love New York. Now do you love New York yeah. as a tourist or do you love New York driving a big truck through there? I love New York as a tourist. <laughs> I gotcha. 
What's it like to drive through New York? Have you driven through New York City making a delivery? Yes. How was that, Eugene? At first, not going to lie, at first, it was horrible. I will read, I, I, myself, personally, I use the, I use the trucker's, uh, trucker's GPS for New York, Newark, mm-hmm. Connecticut. Right. That would be my best piece of advice to everyone. Also, if you, if you can't understand it, if you can't understand how the, that GPS works, follow the signs that say upward. Now, kind of open up the book for us on the trucker's GPS. How does that help you? How does it work? Okay, so the trucker GPS, a lot of people get scared of trucker GPS because the route it take you, it may not look like you can't make it through it, but you can. That's number one. Okay. Number two, it takes you a little bit out of the way because you have to stay where, where the clearance is. I got you. So the trucker's GPS sort of maps it out if you've got a low bridge coming. Yes. I got it'll, you. T- it'll keep you away from all low bridges. So once you once you go into New York and that the that, uh, off the 95, you stay on the 95, but just follow, just make sure you follow the maps. Just gotcha. look for the signs that say no trucks and stay on the upper part of your bridges. If you're scared of ice, don't go. <laughs> I love that. Love that. What kind of trucks have you taken into New York City, and what kind of challenges did you face going into the uh, the Big Apple? Ooh, what did I take to New York? Was that a utility truck? No, it wasn't a utility truck. It was a, it was a commercial box truck. But it had a, the the box was like sixteen feet, sixteen two, something like that. So, so it was real high. So was was it a non CDL or a CDL? No, a CDL. I got you, got you. All right, go ahead. So that was really because of the height that really took me out of the way delivering mm-hmm. because the the way the map went with that specific truck because. You have you have a GPS where you can put height in, right? But if you don't want to use your phone and use a trucker's a trucker's GPS on your phone, I would suggest get you a Garmin GPS, right? And just set it on truck, set it on set it on the truckers, and it will take you where you need to go. Just kind of go old school there. Yep, gotcha. It still or works. get a map. Still works. Still works. Yeah, if you use a map, if you can read a map, a map a map will take you around. Absolutely. You're listening to Eugene Isaac dropping some knowledge here on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. He's telling us about some of his adventures on the road, some of his experiences, some of his wisdom, how his mechanical knowledge has certainly helped him out. Eugene, we got to ask, you told us you've been doing this for about 10 years. What did you do before you got into trucking? Uh, the commercial air conditioning. Yes. How do those two compare? Yeah, they don't. Two different Totally different fields. <laughs> they don't compare at all. Which one do you enjoy more and why? I love the driving. I like to drive, so I love driving. I like the, I like delivering the trucks because you get to see different parts. You get to I, I just I just I just love being outside. Commercial air condition, I was outside, but it was that was a real dirty job. Let me just say that. <laughs> I'm sure it was a hot job too if you're in commercial AC. Ooh, yeah. Yep, spending during the summer in California. But hey, we got we got to do some a lot of traveling to done places. So gotcha. it was exciting. Now good money as well. So. On the commercial AC side. Yes. Now what about on the driveway trucking side? 
Of course, you're one of our drivers here at Norton Transport, and I'll be the first to say we're lucky to have Eugene Isaac uh, moving trucks for us. How has it been for you? you? Good money on the commercial AC side, but for those people out there who may hear this for the first time and be thinking about moving into driveway trucking, how is the money for you? I, money for me, the money for me is good because you learn from your mistakes. When I first started doing driveway, it was it was kind of horrible until I figured it out. So it took me it took me about a week, maybe maybe three weeks at the most, to get it down. As far as going, coming back, going, coming back, putting my loads together on how to get from one place to the next. So for new drivers that come in, I would suggest when you take a load, you see where the load is going, where you're dropping. Mm-hmm. Plan it out ahead. Use your own to Rio. Use your, your computer with your, with your GPS with the map on it. Plan how to come back. The cheapest way I find to come back and more comfortable is the train, which is Amtrak. Right. Or Flixbus. I, I, that, I would look into those options before flying. And always just try to plan. Try to plan ahead. If you take, if you take a load... Try to plan it out. They give you roughly two to three days. Take your load. Try to plan it when you see it so you can get it. Gotcha. Now, it's, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. It's a time and money question, yeah. you know, when you were talking about Amtrak versus flying. But you yes. can. You, it may take you a little more time, but you're going to save the money in the end. Well, yeah, you'll save the money in the end. That, that, that I mean, the goal is to make your money. Enjoy your, enjoy your time coming home. Like it depends on how far you go from home, how fast you want to get home, or how much you want to enjoy the luxury of getting home. But if you, like I said, if you plan ahead, me, myself, personally, like I have a, a time when I'm going to be where I need to be, where I have to catch my flight to go home. I got you. You're listening to Eugene Isaac, a 10-year veteran behind the wheel of big trucks and trailers here on the six-figure trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. Eugene, i got to ask you, you started off with tractors and trailers. Of course, now you're pulling mostly trucks, not the freight. How do the two compare? How do the two compare? Well, the two, the two compare in a great difference. So with the truck, with the truck, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry of the trailer. You don't have to worry of the... How can I say it? Some of the some of the windy elements mm-hmm. that come along with driving a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it all it all depends on how you drive your unit. Or is the wind box truck stay under stay at stay at your fifty five? Don't go above it because the wind will rock the truck. Oh yeah, and then you get scared, and that's how you get, that's how you go over. That's how most people. That's how it happens with most people. Well, so you know I. I never really thought about that too much as yeah. far as the differences, which you kind of illustrated there. I mean, the truck and the trailer, you got that's kind of standard, kind of uniform, not to minimize it any, but you talk about now you're stepping up to so many different types of trucks without cargo. Yeah. And the box truck is exactly. just one example. Of course, you're in a bucket truck right now, each one's different. Yeah. So with the bucket trucks, the wind blows through the bucket trucks because there's nothing in between. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference with that. With the box truck, the wheel will hit the box, and the box truck is empty, so that makes it light. Right. Like a tractor trailer, the tractor doesn't turn over unless the trailer turns over. 
if you know what I mean. Like if you have your tractor and your trailer and they're apart, the tractor won't turn over in the wind. I but got the you. truck, but the also, but it also depends on how you drive because you can't fly around a curve doing 65 in a tractor while it's windy because you will flip over. It's, yeah, exactly. I mean, when you are in a, I'm thinking like a state like Kansas, maybe Eastern Colorado, where the wind does, okay. where the wind does pick up quite a bit. Does that change the way you decide you're going to drive, attack the road? I mean, do you look at the wind conditions? Yeah, you have to. Like I said, if you're driving, if you're driving a big, even between a small box truck and a big box truck, the wind can push it over. Have you ever had any close calls? Yeah. Well, not in not in a not in a box truck in a tractor trailer. I have. Uh, how was that, and how did you manage it? Oh well, I felt the wind. I felt the wind. I felt my trailer tipping, so I just took my feet off the brakes and just like tapped them, just tapped the brakes to slow to slow the tractor down to push against the trailer to try to keep it to try to keep it to try to keep it stable. I got you. Now, how do you come up with that kind of knowledge? Is it just experience? I mean, they don't necessarily teach that in, or maybe they do. Do they teach that in trucking school, or is that just something, you know, I've been on the road a long time. This is happening. i got to do this. Well, actually, my teacher at the school I was at, he was a retired truck driver. Right. And he's the one that told me that before because I messed up in training one day. Okay. Let me tell you the story real quick. I messed up in training one day, and he had me make this sharp right turn. So I made the turn, and I thought, yeah, I, I did it. I aced it. He said, you failed. Oh. I said, I failed. How did I fail? He said, you hit the curve back there. I said, okay. So he thought I was, he thought I was upset. And he said, no reason to get upset. I said, hold on, said, hold on, I'm not being disrespectful in any kind of way towards you. You are a 35-year veteran. I've been driving for two weeks. If you say I hit the curve, we'll do this test again tomorrow. It's just, you know. So he taught me the variable between the wind, how you know if your trailer hits this. Because you can really see, if you're driving into winds that are 65 miles, let's just say 65. Mm -hmm. You can see see in the mirror. You can see your trailer moving. And you you can't feel it. And you won't feel it until it flips over. But that, that's going to hurt. And so you can see your trailer moving. So the object is tap your brakes. If you hit your brakes too hard, there's a chance that they may lock up, they may not. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to avoid. Like I said, what flips over is the trailer. But if it's locked together, it all flips over. That, we certainly do not want that. You're picking up some great tidbits of knowledge here from Eugene Isaac. Here on the Six Figure Trucker, brought to you by Norton Transport. Eugene, i got to ask you here, you mentioned a sharp right turn. We're going to take a sharp right turn right now and kind of turn toward the woman in your life. Tell us a little bit about Uh that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, We're going to talk a a little bit about Eugene's wife. And you had mentioned earlier the kids are up and grown grown now. So uh, it's just, I'm assuming it's just you and the missus. It's just me and her. That's it. <laughs> so let's kind of uh, lay out the the landscape here. You've been on a long run, like the one you're on right now, from Fort Worth to Dixon, California. You're looking for a load yeah. a load back. Could be 
a flight back, but however you get there, you're going to get back home. So you've been on the road yeah. for, for a number of a number of days. What are you guys going to do once you get back and you've been gone for so long? Oh, we go Oh man, what don't we do? We go, we go to dinner. That's number one. Number one. That's number one. We go have a nice meal. We really haven't found a, too much of a good meal in Charlotte yet, but we're gonna find it. But uh, <laughs> well, you've only so we been there. Out. You've only been there a couple of years. I'm sure you're gonna find some great places. Oh yeah, we're gonna find somewhere great. I mean, typically, uh, I go home. We go out, have some fun. Then the next day, she'll go to work. I'll stay home. Clean up her mess that she makes in the house. So you know, I'm her, I'm her, I'm her butler when I get home. Okay, okay. Hey, hey, it's, so, it's a two way street. It's a two way street. Yeah, exactly. But but also, also my my wife drives from Norton sometimes. Your wife does what now? She she drives from Norton sometimes. Oh, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. What what? Yeah. She's is she a CDL non CDL? Now, uh, she's non-CDL. Okay. So she picks up a couple runs here and there. Yeah, she'll pick up a couple here and there. Like she's, not in, like she's not in school or doing her uh, human resources. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's what she likes to do. Now, do you guys like to run at the same time where you're together at the same time, or do you run opposite? How do you guys work that out schedule-wise? If we, if we get the laws that we can run together, and, she, and if during her time off, we do we we took a load from we took some we took some trucks from Georgia to oh yeah we went from Georgia to Montana and she did excellent and she did some team driving that that, little team driving that was her there. longest yeah a little team driving even though my load was a little further than hers we did some team driving how was that it was great it's got to be nice it was to wonderful be, to be out there doing some team driving with your wife someone that you're completely familiar with you know each other you know your tendencies you know your habits how does that help on such a long run from what'd you say it was georgia to montana yeah i I mean you know we talk we you know we pull over we have a nice dinner we get a good rest we just we just enjoy the drive now eugene you've you've mentioned here in the last couple of minutes a nice dinner now, you've said that a couple of times with you and your wife, so I'm imagining you guys like to have a nice dinner. What's a nice dinner for, yeah. for, for Eugene Isaac? What's a nice dinner? Oh, well, you know what? My favorite food <laughs> my favorite food is breakfast food, which is pancakes, some eggs, fibers, or something like that. But a nice, a nice meal with my wife is like some steak, some shrimp, some rotisserie chicken and stuff like that. I got you. I got yeah, she, you. She kind of, she kind of, she kind of fancy sometimes. I got I you. I know what she's fancy. Hey. She's a piece of work sometimes, but she's a good, she's a good driver. She's been, she's been on loads by herself. She, the long run she took by herself was from Georgia to South Dakota. That's a long run. Yeah, she's been on long ones by herself. Well, that's good. That's good to hear, so, man. But you know, you said yeah. she's fancy. You're rough. Opposites attract. Yeah. How long have how long have you guys been together? Uh, we've been together for well, we've been married seven. We've been together maybe ten. 
You put me, you put me on the spot, so I hope she don't listen to this. Okay. <laughs> hey, we I'll have the producers edit this out if we need to. We we can edit this out. We can take care of you right here, Eugene. Nah, that's all right. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm all over that on this birthday anniversary. I'm good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How is that as a couple? being a couple that drives sometimes together. And I would think it would be beneficial because you guys understand each other in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. We understand each other in that respect. So like I said, a lot of times when we drive together, I'll let her pick the route and I'll just keep time to where she can, where she'll go. Like I said, we already have our, we already have our, uh, our exit strategy plan. Gotcha. So we have, we have certain, on a road like that, you have to have certain, points of where you want to be so like i said in the beginning i met i, I met my about at points where i want to be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i know how many how many miles i could drive a day where i need to where i need to go what kind of unit i have you try to hit those stop those start and stop points you try to stay on schedule i try to stay on schedule so there's no rushing there's no when i get here because every drop off is different Every inspection is different. That, that, that's what I had to find out, too, when I started doing driveways. So all that's different. So always plan to have at least an hour inspection, depending on where you go. And how important is that to you to stay on schedule and really kind of uh, kind of build out on that somewhat for somebody who may be listening to this podcast and thinking about moving into driveway, staying on schedule? And what you just said was a very important point. The inspections that come up, there's a lot of things that factor in. It's not just point A to point B. There's a lot of things that, that, that come into play. So, so what comes into play, the best the, what I can say, the best things you want to do is like your point of origins. Really, you need to see where the way stations are because with a driveway company, and this is most important for everybody because a lot of people don't do it. With a driveway company, even though the scale tells you to go by, you have to go in. Never drive, never drive by. They will come and get you sometime. But you're supposed to go in. Have you had that? Or happen? I know. Have you had that happen before? Well, I had it happen to me one time. I was trying to get over in the scale. Tractor trailer couldn't let me over. But I, I went past the scale. But what I did was, I only knew they were coming. Because I think when they went out and got in the car, so I had to pull over to the side. And turned my hazard on. When they came, I, I told the officer, well, I couldn't get over. In fact, the, the truck would let me in. So I had to go past. As you can see, I'm sitting right here waiting. So it, it wasn't an issue. He gave you a break. I mean, cause, I mean, they could see because the trucks are lined up. It, it was one of those three lines. Now we have two lines that you can go in. Right. But you also want to. But you also want to factor in. You may have an inspection. A well-deserved. Break. So, so that's your. Oh yeah. So that's your. That's your. That's your. I call them mile markers. So I want to be here at a certain time. I already know I got to go to this way station. If I get pulled in, inspection is. They do level one sometimes, which is maybe thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. So that's time. That's time you have. Right. That's the, that's the, that's your point because you have that that gives you allows you the extra thirty minutes of drive time because you're on duty non driving. Right. So you so, can you can still keep the clock rolling, so to speak. You can still keep it rolling, but you also want to stay off schedule depending on depending on if you have another load to pick up, depending on if you have a plane ticket or a, well trains doesn't matter. 
because you can book a train ticket anytime. But the planes never change. The planes do. So if you have a plane ticket four days from now, like I do, you want to keep your schedule. Okay, you got a you got a ticket on a plane here in four days. Yeah, I have a ticket. I have a ticket on. Well, wait, wait, today, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So yeah, three days, three days now, yeah. Uh, so let me let me see if I can guess this right. Eugene Isaac here joining us on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. You've got a ticket to jump on a plane, but if you get a load out, if you get a load out of Dixon, California, you're taking it. Yeah. Yeah, you'll cancel that plane ride, right? Well, I, can, I, I, I get my tickets to watch them to change or refund them. How how beneficial or how I guess comforting is it to have that option? I very like I said, it, each each driver has their own way of how they do things. Right. I could say my thing is you lose money when you plan late. Got to plan ahead. That that you have to if you have to, in the driveway doing driving way you have to plan ahead. From start to end, because you want to know how you're getting to your truck. You want to know how you're getting home from your truck if there's no other load. But if you do get another load, and it's maybe a few hours away, okay, how will I get there? But you have time to decide that. Mm-hmm. So, like, for instance, I'll, it's a weekend now, so it's pretty, pretty uh, not going to be anything new on the board, so I'm going to go home. I got you. I got you. I mean, it would be a blessing or money in the bank if something came up out of the Dixon, California area, taking you back back to the mid-Atlantic. Yeah. That would be money in the bank. Money in the bank. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to take me all the way back. It can take me part of the way back. And it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be northern California. It can be anywhere in California between California and Phoenix. I mean, you obviously strike me as a guy that has a positive outlook. and You keep your options open. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with this right here, but that, 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 honestly, that comes from my wife. How so? She's the one, she's the one, uh, well, she's the one told me, you know, you should really plan ahead sometime for your exit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I never thought about that, so. I mean, you've, you've been in this long enough, and with your wife's assistance, yeah. Certainly giving credit to her. How important would it be for you to pass along to other potential drive-away drivers to have that exit strategy in place? I mean, to me, I, that's what I would tell them. Like, I've met, I've met drivers at drop-off points. Jordan drivers I don't know. I mean, there's been a few drivers I've helped, like going to God Center with the concrete trucks. Oh, yeah. A lot of guys don't, you don't know, a lot of guys don't know how to, you know, uh, how to, how to work the, how to work the drums. Sure. You're talking about contact. Yeah. Contact. Oh yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of guys don't know how to do it. I showed a few guys when we were there, but, uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name when I first went there. He, Steve, Steve, he's the one who showed me, he's the one who taught me how to do it. Was it Steve Earl? Steve Earl, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's my buddy right there. Mm-hmm. Every time I go there, well, when he used to do that part, he's in, he's in another part right now. But when he was there, when I first started going there, he showed me. He showed me the speed. He said, this is what you need to have it. He showed me how to lock the, 
I forgot what they call it, like the wheels in place, because sometimes they move. Right. They showed me all that. He showed me how to do all that. So I, you know, I passed it on to driver because they sit there and be confused. And I tell them, you got your pack spinning too fast, slow it down. Right. You I, know. I got to tell you, Eugene, we appreciate that. I'm I'm an account manager here, and Contact is my account. That's why I knew Steve Earle. And Cody, I believe, oh, okay. Cody, I believe has stepped into that position now. And yeah. there's also a guy that if any of our drivers out there are listening to this podcast, I got to tell you, Jim Cunningham is a guy that will help you at any question you have. If you pick up at Contech and you're moving a cement mixer that is a drum mixer and you need any questions answered, ask for Jim Cunningham. Ask for Jim, yeah, Jim too. Yeah. Those guys up in Dodge Center, Minnesota at Contech are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. All you have to do, all you have to do is just talk to them. My advice, when you go, if you're taking a if you're taking a chassis there, call them the day call them the day before you go. If they're gonna ask you if you if you know, make sure you have a ride. If you don't have a truck, you have a truck, stop and put your stuff in there, bring your keys, and I he'll take you back to it or you can walk through it, however. If you don't know how to do it, they'll show you. Uh, that's I mean you know, talk about that, not just at Dodge Center, not just Contact, but out there with all the customers, all the clients, all the companies you deal with. How do you approach it, and how would you advise men and women who move into driveway to approach it? I would approach it this way. So you know where you're going, you know your pickup, you know your drop-off. Drop-off is the most important. Pickup is, too, but drop-off is more important. Because you want to find out their, their operating hours for drop-offs. Mm-hmm. You want to find out how they do their inspections. You want to find out where they want you to drop it off. Because some places want you to, uh, they have separate yards where you have to go. Right. So my thing is contact, contact your drop-off location. If there's no information on there, contact your dispatcher. Tell them. I need an email address, preferably a phone number so you can talk to somebody. Exactly. Emails are fine, but talking to somebody to get some clarification, it's better. Oh, yeah. Human contact. So that way you can make sure. The way you make sure that you call them, tell them when you're going to be there, find out if they have, if you can drop off on the weekend, like, like for instance, my truck, the gentleman said they need it, so he said if I'm there, give them a call. He lives, he lives not too far from there, and we can do our drop-off on that date. So I, said, I said, fine, communication is the key. Oh, absolutely. You're listening to Eugene Isaac here on the Six Figure Trucker, brought to you by Norton Transport. Eugene, you just said something I wanted to kind of drill down on. As a driver, obviously you're an experienced driver. You've been doing this for 10 years, and it's something that you love, you're passionate about. For drivers out there or potential drivers who are considering drive away as a career, you said when you tell them you're going to be there, how important is it to stick to what you say? Well, it's important because if they're, if they're going to take their time out to meet you, then, I mean, it's just, it's just being respectful of that person. It's just, I mean, it's a plain and simple. That's why you communicate. If something comes up and you're going to run late, call them and let them know. You, ne- you never know. With the highway, there's a lot of accidents. You might be in a, for instance, I was leaving Denton, Texas, mm-hmm. with a chassis. Right. I was in a, a six-hour slowdown from a 
I accidentally closed the highway right on the 35 West. Right. Six hours. I hadn't even started driving 15 minutes. So you're already behind the eight ball. I'm on. I was six hours behind from the stop, from the jump. But like I said, planning ahead just keeps you in the loop with that sometimes. And has it been your experience as a driver when something like that happens? And you had just said there the importance of communication. Has it been your experience yeah. as a driver that people understand? Yeah. Yeah, because they, they understand things happen. But if you if you tell them things happen, they know. That way, if if you're like if your schedule's pushed back, then they could they can come up with some different options for you, as far as that goes. Like I said, we can't we can't drop off depending on the person that's receiving the unit. Never ever just take a unit and leave it somewhere. Don't do that. Don't do that. Gotcha. That's number one, guys. If you're gonna if you're gonna do it, don't do that. Like I said, just talk to the customer, and if they tell you that you can leave it somewhere, don't do that either. Tell them you need a signature. Tell them you have to leave. You have somebody has to be here to sign for it. Right. You can't leave it there. You can't hide the key. Don't do none of that. As an account manager, you know. You are listening to Eugene Isaac here on the Six Figure Trucker, brought to you by Norton Transport. Eugene, I got to tell you, you have given us some information that is rich, deep rich, fertile information. We appreciate that, not only for us here at Norton Transport and for the drivers out there, but for people who may be listening and considering this. Nobody better to hear it from than guys that have been on the road in Eugene's case for 10 years. Eugene, I'm going to open up the floor, leave it to you. We're about to wrap it up here. What would you say about your experience as a driveway trucker, and how would you share that with people who may be considering it? Well, my, in my experience, don't look down on it until you try it. It looks rough at first. When you, like I said, when you first do your first couple of drop-offs, your money's not quite the same because you haven't understood how to do it. So once you get the firm understanding of doing it, planning, scheduling, it'll be fine. You'll start to see your profit from there. And don't, don't look at it as a waste of time. Just give it, give it, give it some time. Fill it out. And if you if I run if I run into you out there, just ask me. Now you said it took you, you took it. It took you about three weeks. About, I'm sorry, about three weeks to kind of smooth it out, iron out the wrinkles. What would you say? Yeah. I mean, to to I mean, but of course you had the advantage of being a driver before and having that experience behind you. What would you say would be a good gauge for people to say, give it a work, give it a try, let it work, let it let it work through the process, figure out the wrinkles, get your plans in place, figure out your exit strategy. How long would you say people need to give it to give it a chance? In my honest opinion, give it give it your first ninety days. Okay. Give it give it your first like a regular job. Give it your first 90 days, the trial period, give it that. Believe me, if you if, if you can you you'll figure it out before it's in. But just give yourself the 90 days. Give yourself 90 days to understand it. So because the real quick, the difference between driver waste and tractor trailer driving is the drop-off. So most companies they handle their drop-off. They have times where they have to be there. You are more flexible in the driveway mm-hmm. because you can because you can schedule your time how you want to do it. Exactly. Like I said, the key, the key is communicate what the customer is dropping off to. 
once you get all that planned and figured out, then, then that's how you plan your, that how you plan your drive, your route. That's how you plan everything. Just gotcha. look at it. If you're going to take a run, it's going to take you four days. Don't go home on the fourth day. Go home on the fifth day. Gotcha. That way you have that time. Anything comes up. Anything. Always make sure you keep in contact with your dispatcher so you can figure it out. They'll help you. My dispatcher helps me. She's, she's awesome. Your dispatcher is Jessica? Yeah, Jessica Howard. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she is awesome. We appreciate her. She actually, I mean, uh, I think I told you this privately, but she recommended you. And uh, what a great recommendation. You've been fantastic. Eugene Isaac brought to you here on the Six Figure Trucker, brought to you by Norton Transport. You've been awesome, Eugene. We thank, thank you for, your, for all that you do for Norton Transport, for all the trucks that you move, and for the advice, for the insight into the driveway trucking world and the pearls of wisdom that you've passed along to many people who may be listening to this for the first time. We thank you so much. We're going to wrap it up, leave it to you. But go ahead, close okay. it out with what you would say to someone who is thinking about moving into driveway trucking. Give it a try. Like I said, give it a try. You should figure it out in three weeks. I'll figure it out in three weeks. Plan ahead. Communicate with your drop-off. Really, just take your time. Don't speed. A lot of people speed in these trucks. You that's how you burn all your gas and your fuel, and that's how you have accidents. Just be safe out there. Like I said, if you meet me out here, you need some advice. Easy to talk to. I give you my number. We can talk. I help plenty of people. I know where all the CNZ stations are. If you get a unit like that, <laughs> oh goodness, <laughs> that's gr- that's great to know. You guys, uh. You got to be safe out there. And like I said, if you're coming on board, give it a try. I'll tell you, give it, give it that first 90-day shot. You heard it right there. Eugene Isaac telling you like it is here on the Six Figure Trucker brought to you by Norton Transport. Eugene, thank you so much for your time. And thank you for everything you've done for us and continue to do. Be safe out there on the road. Six Figure Trucker is brought to you by Norton Transport. Norton Transport is a drive-away trucking company that customers can rely on. It offers excellent independent contract driving opportunities to professional, courteous, and qualified drivers that can provide the kind of service we deliver. If you're interested in learning more about Norton or just want to subscribe to the show, check out 6-figuretrucker.com. That's 6-figuretrucker.com.